from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. There's a statement by the Apostle Paul that says, We walk by faith. Christianity is preeminently a religion of faith. And all that we might do that might be acceptable service, acceptable living, acceptable worship to God must be based upon the principle of faith. Now, skeptics and doubters and unbelievers discredit Christianity because it is a religion of faith. And yet, they live by the same principle. They just don't base it upon Jesus. Many things that they do is based upon the faith that they have. The farmers that sow, sow because they expect they have a, a faith that will, crops will be brought forth and they'll reap from their sowing. Uh, people board a, a train or a bus or an airplane and they don't always arrive at their destination but enough of them do to have faith in that carrier to carry them to their destination. It's faith. Men and women enter into commercial intercourse with other men. And this is based upon faith. Things have been going on in such a way that they can depend upon those same principles working again. So we want to realize that it's not unusual for Christianity to be a religion of faith. But let's talk a little bit more about it. Let's think about the importance of faith. In Hebrews 11 and 1, we read that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the assurance of things not seen. I like those two words, this is King James Henry. Substance, evidence. Things hoped for, things not seen. Those are the things in which we have faith. There has to be a, a substance, a foundation. There must be evidence to have faith. Existential uh, theologians talk about uh, a leap in the dark. And so you have to go so far and then you have to take a blind leap in faith. The Bible doesn't teach that. Faith is based upon substance. It's based upon evidence. For example, in God... We have two sources of evidence. We have the evidence in his nature, in his creation. Didn't David say in Psalm 19 and 1, the heavens declare the glory of God? The firmament show up for this handiwork. David said if you just kind of think a little bit and consider and not be biased about it, you can know that there must be a supernatural being. Revealed to us in the Bible as God. Paul made the same statement in Romans 1, in verse 20. He said, people are without excuse. Who cannot see very clearly in the things that have been made or created his existence. And in fact, he mentions two of his attributes, his everlasting power and divinity. And then we have the word of God. We believe in God. We learn of his nature by what he's revealed in the Bible. The Bible gives us evidence for that faith. We believe in Jesus because of the evidence in the Bible for Jesus. We believe in the Bible because of the evidence of the Bible itself. So faith has to be based upon substance and evidence. 
The importance of faith. It is Christianity is purely a system of faith. All of our service to God must be motivated, prompted by faith. Hebrews 11 and 1, I mean in 6. Without faith, it is impossible to be well-pleasing unto him that is God. For he that cometh to God must believe that God is, that is, God exists, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek after him. Whatever a person might do without faith, not based upon faith, is not right. Doesn't have God's approval. Without faith, it is impossible to be well-pleasing unto God. So a person does this, but it's not based upon faith. That's not in service to God and God's acceptance of it. We walk by faith, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. We're condemned if we do not have faith in our action in service to God. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not, that is disbelieveth, shall be condemned. For not believing will not have that salvation that the Lord has provided for us if we'll only seek it. Revelation 21 and 8 tells us that without faith we'll be condemned. John lists, and I think it's about eight, different sins that will keep one out of heaven. And their parts shall be in the lake of fire that burns with fire and brimstone. He says for their part, and he's speaking about first, the fearful. And the second on the list are the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the fornicators, the sorcerers, the revilers, and all liars. Their part shall be in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone. Unbelieving? Just because a person is fearful and he doesn't believe he's going to be lost? That's right. Jesus says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be condemned. We overcome the world. Talking about the world in our Bible class. By faith. First John 5 and 4. For this is the victory. Even our faith. The victory we have over the world. Well, what is it to walk by faith? What is the meaning of walking in the Bible? When we turn over to Ephesians 4 or 2, we'll look at both of them, Paul uses that expression. Chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, he says, For ye did he make alive when you were dead in your trespasses and sin, wherein ye once walked according to the course of this world. They walked in their trespasses and in sins following the course of the world. Well, it's just talking about the way they lived. Over in uh, chapter 4, Paul refers to himself as a prisoner. <clears throat> and he makes this appeal. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beseech you to walk worthily of the calling wherewith ye were called. Walk worthily. And he's simply saying, live a worthy life. So what is it to walk by faith? It means to live by faith. And certainly faith comes by God's word. Romans 10, 17. Faith or belief cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
What would we do without the Bible? If faith comes by the Bible, the Word of God? John, chapter 20, 30, and 31, made the statement that many other signs did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, that is the Gospel of John. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing that you'll have life in his name. John tells us that we, we have this gospel written for the very purpose of bringing us to faith in Jesus as the Son of God. So how does it come? It comes by reading, by studying the Word of God. Man can follow his own reasoning in his own affairs. But when it comes to God's affairs, to the gospel, to the faith, then we are dependent upon faith, walking by faith. What does it mean to walk or to live by opinion in contrast to walking by faith? Well, John 3 gives us an example of this. We're introduced here to Nicodemus. He comes to see Jesus. And we're told when he comes, he's in Jerusalem. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He was in the Sanhedrin, the Jewish Supreme Court, we'll call it. The same came unto him by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the signs which thou doest except God be with him. Now, two questions. First question is, did Nicodemus come to Jesus by night? And I hope everybody will say, why, yes. And we say, well, how did we know? Because the Bible says so. There should be perfect unity. And following what the Bible says, we know by faith that Nicodemus came by night. Now the second question is, why did he come by night? Well, here are a couple of reasons that might answer the question. One is because he feared his colleagues. The Sanhedrin, you know, they were opposed to Jesus. They were his enemies you know, on a general nature, there were Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus in that council, but uh, most of them were against Jesus. And now he's beginning to investigate Jesus. He has heard about his signs, maybe he's seen some of them. And it's brought him to faith. We know that thou art a man come from God, for no man can do the things that thou doest except God be with him. And so maybe he wants to investigate without the brow beating down of his colleagues on the council. That's a possible answer. The Bible doesn't say that, does it? Another possible answer is that he came by night because he didn't want to be interrupted. Everywhere that Jesus went, he was pressed upon by the multitude. You remember the, remember the woman that had uh, the issue of blood for 12 years? She thought, now if I can just reach and touch his garment, I'll be healed. And she did. She touched the border of his garment. Power went forth from Jesus. And Jesus said, who touched me? Well, he knew all the time. But Peter speaks up and said, well, Lord, 
I mean, the multitudes were pressing upon you all the time, and that was so. And so maybe Nicodemus is wanting a time of more uninterrupted conversation. Maybe that's the reason he came by night. There, there are two good possibilities, but the Bible doesn't say why he came. Learned theologians <clears throat> can talk and tell what they think about it, express their opinion, but opinion signifies what one thinks. And that's all it means. In religious matters, opinion is what men think concerning matters on which the Bible is silent. So we can see now we're talking about walking by faith or walking by opinion. So there's a clear definition between the two. Faith comes by hearing the word of God and opinion is what men think where the word of God is silent. Now, I think we can find an illustration of this when we turn to Matthew 15, verses 8 and 9. Jesus has been uh, confronted by the scribes and the Pharisees because he didn't wash his hands. His disciples didn't wash his hands like they did when they came, came in out of the marketplaces. And Jesus is quoting from the prophet Isaiah when he says that their heart is far from me. He said, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines or precepts the commandments of men. Jesus said, vain worship comes about by not being sincere and by not doing what God has authorized, what God has commanded, by doing what men have opined or put forth to be done. So we can see that vain worship, even washing of hands, we might call that a trivial thing, but when it's offered as uh, an act of obedience to God, as an act of faith, it's taken it where the Bible's silent. Now, boys and girls, it's good to wash your hands uh, before you eat. But this isn't in, a, in, a, in, a, in the realm of religion. Hygiene, maybe. And so, act though sin, an act of sinless out of religious service. But it's sinful when it's performed in religious service in the absence of any command or authority from God. The worshiping God, men, man may at sometime be under condemnation. Now is that? Since they're doing what is ordered by men and not by the Lord, that makes it vain. Much of worship in the religious world today is vain worship. Now let me give you some practical Examples of walking by faith and not walking by faith. Take Noah, who built the ark, Noah's ark. He did that by faith. Genesis 6 and 22 says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Noah acted out of faith. Because he did what God told him to do. But we don't have to depend just on that. When we turn over to Hebrews 11 and verse 7. We, say, we read there that by faith, 
Noah, being warned of God concerning things not seen as yet, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his own house, through which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. It was by faith, inspiration tells us, that Noah built the ark. And so there's no question about that. Secondly, let's look at Moses. Two occasions when they came to a place where they lacked water while wandering in the wilderness. At least two places we're told about. One is at Rephidim. They had just come out of the Egyptian bondage. And the Amalekites were coming to approach them. But first, they found an area, no water. And God says, Moses, I want you to gather the congregation at this stone, bring your rod, and strike the rock. And when he did what God told him to do, and he was doing it by faith, God sent forth water. Another occasion, this is in Numbers chapter 20, they were at Kadesh, Barney. No water. People murmur. Moses intercedes to God. God says, I want you to gather the congregation at this stone. Take your rod. Speak to the rock. Well, he didn't speak to the rock this time. He smote the rock as he had done the first time. God sent the water. But he said, now Moses, because you rebelled against my word. That's Numbers 24 and verse, uh, Numbers 20 and verse 24. Because you did not believe in my word, in verse 12, you and Aaron, your brother, shall not enter into the promised land. That second time, he did not act, walk, live by faith as he had the first time. Another example is Joshua. Concerning the taking of Jericho, they'd come across the Jordan River on dry land as God had provided a miracle. The first city of conquest was Jericho. Sent two spies. They came back. And then God told Joshua, now I want you to gather your men together. I want you to march around that city one time for six days and on the seventh day do it seven times. That's a total of 13 times. Now you divide up your army into two groups. You put the, the, the ones in the first, the forward part, and then the river over here. But in between there, first you have the priests. And they're going to carry trumpets and they're going to be blowing all the time. And behind them you're going to have priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And that's the way you're to march, in that order. Then he told the people, don't shout until you get the word. And so after the 13th time around, they were given the word, trumpets blowing a certain blast, and God calls the walls to fall down. Now they might have thought, well now, we believe God will do what he says, he always has. So why march around the city even one time? He's going to bring it down. But he wasn't going to bring it down until they, by faith, obeyed him. When we turn over to Hebrews 11 and verse 30, we read that by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been compassed about for seven, for th for seven days. Yeah. But it was after. And so it was by faith that Jericho and the Israelites obeyed the Lord and won over Jericho. How about Nadab and Abihu? We read about them in Leviticus chapter 10. They were priests. 
They had their priestly garments on. They were there at the tabernacle. They had their censers with them. They had incense. They were to put fire upon the incense, take it into the altar of incense, and offer it to God. Everything's in place but one thing. Leviticus 10, 1 and 2 tells us that they offered strange fire before the Lord. And as a result, God sent fire down from heaven and that consumed them. The Lord did it. Moses didn't do it. No other man had anything to do with it. These two men, because they did not do God's will, did not walk by faith, suffered death. Baptizing penitent believers who have faith. Well, what about that? To walk by faith means that we must do what the Bible says. Peter in Acts 2, we'll start with verse 36. That all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom he crucified. Now he's telling them there that they've got to believe. That the house of Israel know assuredly means believe confidently that God hath made this Jesus whom he crucified the Lord and the Christ. Now when they heard this, that plus the evidence that Peter had been presenting from David, from Joel, other evidences that he had presented, they were cut in their hearts, they were pricked in their hearts, they cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent ye and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So a person today must have faith that Jesus is the, the Lord, the Christ, the Son of God. He must repent of his sins, and he must be baptized for the remission of his sins. When he does that, he's walking by faith. Now to alter that, to leave something out, to make any kind of changes, is not to walk by faith. And so we're talking about an example of living by faith and doing God's will. What about baptizing babies? No, that cannot be by faith. For one thing, the babies have no need for salvation. They're still innocent. They've not reached an age of accountability. They're still pure, not capable of believing, weighing the evidence, repenting, and so forth. So that's not scriptural. It's not pleasing to God. It won't save anybody. I was born in South Texas. My parents had moved down there. My dad had a job. And uh, while they were there, they went to the Methodist church. And I, I think about it, but I don't think it's the right time to ask them. Well, did you ever have me sprinkled when I was a child as an infant? Because I lived there till I was about eight years old. And that's all I can remember, going to the Methodist church where they went. Well, if I did or didn't, it doesn't matter because it doesn't do any good. It's not by faith. There is no authority, nothing in the scriptures that would make it right authorized by God to baptize infants. Of course, baptism is an immersion, not just sprinkling water. That's another thing. Substituting sprinkling for pouring is not a faith, whereas baptism as an immersion is a faith. Romans 6, 3 and 4, Are ye ignorant that all we who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? 
we were buried, therefore, with him through baptism and so forth. Colossians 2 and 12, having been buried with him through baptism and so forth. The word baptizo means an immersion without having the words buried found in the scriptures. So to walk by faith, we must be baptized as a burial in water for the remission of our sins. Well, you can go on and on and on. And I've already done that. And make this application. Examples of walking by faith are not by faith. The point is, if there's no authority in the New Testament for what we do as we live and as we worship, as we serve God, that's not walking by faith. There must be a word where God authorizes it either by an approved apostolic example by a precept or command or by even a necessary inference. The Bible is our all-sufficient guide. Every scripture is given by inspiration of God, seeing that his divine power is granted unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue. So if we go beyond what he says, that means we're going to cut ourselves loose from God. 2 John 9. 10 and 11. So let's walk by faith but the direction of God's word. And this way we can know that we're doing God's will and we have his approval. If you've not obeyed the gospel, we've quoted some scriptures to show you what's necessary. We want to sing to encourage you to surrender your life to him because of that faith that you have. Or if you need to repent of sins as a child of God, maybe make public confession. We sing this to encourage you. If you're subject to the gospel call, won't you come as together we stand and sing?